Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am, of course, your host, Michael Sherlock. And all month long in Artistic August, we are talking about how important art is to us and uh, how we might want to make sure that we're keeping it you know, in front of our minds as we get back to the regular grind of the world. And my guest today is going to talk about, I think, not only just what he has uh, done, which wait until I tell you a little bit about his uh, background, but a little bit about where he's going. So let's get into it right now. So Sean Tyler Foley has been acting in film and television series since he was six years old. And it was unfortunately after his father passed away suddenly in a motor, motor vehicle accident. Now he's accomplished film and stage performer. He's appeared in productions that I know that you know, like Freddy versus Jason, Door to Door and Carrie and the musical Ragtime, which is such an incredible musical. He's passionate about helping others confidently take the stage and impact an audience with their stories. And that, especially for those of you who follow me that are also speakers, we know that that is a really critical element of not only delivering great messages, but really impacting your audience. And he's currently the managing director of Total Buy-In and author of the number one best-selling book, The Power to Speak Naked, which I can't wait to learn more about. So, and you go by Tyler, correct? That's correct. All right, Tyler, thank you for joining me today. Oh, Michael, it's my joy and my pleasure. I've been, I've been looking forward to this and, you know, I just shock your potential. Like that's, that's, that's the show to be on. I love it when people have just been waiting to talk to me. I know it happens all the time, every day. So it's so hard (laughs) to be me. (laughs) So I hit some of the highlights of your bio, but tell us a little bit more about your background and how through, especially your work uh, in film, you've, you know, helped yourself to shock your potential or how you think that that, you know, that those mediums help to shock the potential of all of us. Well, and I know we're going to deep dive into this, especially given the theme of the month, but um, I have found, I I was born a performer and that was who I was. It was in my DNA. And every time I try to um, get away from it or hide it as an aspect of my life, it comes back to bite me. So I have had to embrace the fact that I am who I am. And that is just where I've got to live. Mm. Um, But what I found is that I have always relied on the use of performance to be better in every other situation that I have. So performance has helped me be a better leader. I even in school, I took on leadership roles, you know, president of the the clubs and and the various activities that I was in. Um, Moving into starting my own business, it helped with a leadership aspect because I was able to literally take on the role of CEO and owner. Mm -hmm. And for the time that I was learning, still have the ability to lead and guide people who were comforted by the confidence that I showed. And so it's, 
my life has been performance, you know, mm-hmm. starting as you had mentioned six years old when my father passed away, um, I was put on stage as an outlet and it was the greatest gift that I was ever given. And, you know, I went to a fine arts high school, moved out on my own at 17 to pursue uh, performance and acting as a career. And, you know, did that on my own, living on my own in Vancouver until I was 25 when I got, you know, bored and retired. 20 year (laughs) career, I'm allowed to retire. So, and even when I went back to school that, um, and starting my businesses, it's just been an aspect that I've had. And I've even, I've been fired from companies and mm-hmm. let go of uh, client relations because they've felt that I was too theatrical and that's <laughs> who I am. So let's part ways amicably and I will yeah. continue to be theatrical and serve the people that need to be served. And that's what I'm doing now. Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking, I was taking notes. I I totally agree. And I've been a performer my whole life too. And so it's kind of fun now as a speaker to, to use it in a different vein. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't a performer like you were, but you know, been on a lot of stages, but you know, there are times, especially as a leader where you do need to perform, you know, you might be frustrated with someone on your team. You might be frustrated with a situation. You might be overly excited about something and you don't want to blow the sale because you don't want to be too overeager. You know, there's times that those performance um, abilities come so much into play. And when you can, you know, keep yourself, I always talk about just like keeping yourself even keeled, you know, inside you might be really angry. You might be really sad. You might be really disappointed. You might be really happy. But keeping that even face on the outside is really important in business. Um, but at other times, you know, being who you are also great brings great opportunities. So I love the fact that you say, hey, I might, it might have cost me some jobs too, but that's okay because then I wasn't in the right spot. That's right. So as a performer then, and you thinking about how this impacts, you know, what you do in business today, and I love the title of your book. You know, so there's a lot of people now that are trying to figure out how to, how to, you know, change with the times, how to continue to rebuild their business, how to bring things back, start something new. I think there is a lot of sense of, of real vulnerability, that sense of performing naked on the stage. What made you decide to write this book and how does it help? How do you, how do you think it's going to help people to get past some of those uncomfortable moments? Well, the book came about because I found that I was giving the same advice over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, And anytime you find yourself doing that, that's your training course and that's your book right there. And, you know, know, that I got to practice what I preach. So it was things that I was telling people and they'd be like, oh, where's your book? And I'm like, that's a really, really good point. So let's (laughs) let's get one out there. And, you know, as you know, as a speaker, it's usually the first thing that any promoter is going to ask. Do you have a book? Do you have a course? Mm-hmm. And I have always had the course. It's the book that that wasn't there. And so I cheated <laughs> and I took my course and I, we video record everything, right? I'm, I've never been shy to be in front of a camera. So every training, every facilitation that I've ever done is on film. So we just took all of that, transcribed the audio, repurposed it and put oh, it yeah. together into the book. It was actually probably of everything that I've done, um, getting the the words onto page was probably the easiest of all the processes. Everything else that went with the book has been complicated and (laughs) and stressful, but getting Uh the words, 
onto the page were real easy because I literally spoke my book. And the nice thing about it is it's when you read through the book, makes me cringe because I'm like, Mm -hmm. ooh, I would have written that differently. Mm -hmm. But it's how I speak. And so when you go through the book, it really is the closest thing you can get to being in one of the training sessions with me and my team, because that is how they go. That is how we speak. That is the language that we use. And so for the people who it's going to resonate with, that's who it is. But it comes down to, it was the advice that I always gave. Mm -hmm. And so this is just, this is the easiest and first way for me to, when people say, well, how do you do what you do? Well, here, read this book and then come back and ask me questions. (laughs) Exactly. I know. It's so funny that uh, I've written two books, but I wrote them like novels because it was the only way that I could convey it uh, in order to, you know, to give the stories and the examples of why I would teach the things I was teaching on stage. And uh, so I totally understand that. And as you're talking, I'm like, darn, I should have done it backwards too. That would have been much easier. Strongly encourage everybody to, especially nowadays, it's not like we don't have cameras sitting in our pocket. So no kidding. No kidding. I mean, it's so much easier. In fact, I was just talking to my team the other day and I said, you know, with all the podcasts that we've been doing, you know, cause we put out five a week, it's time for us to, to figure out how to repurpose more, to give people more exposure and, and to re enliven their episode that they were on with us. So we're taking, you know, all that material and repurposing the content too, to give more exposure to our guests. And it's really fun because we do have so much, we have so much content available to us as, as a planet right now. It's about really reaching enough people with your message to be able to say, okay, now I can measure the fact that I'm making a difference. Yeah. And especially the content piece too, you know, and you and I had discussed this offline, you and I do a lot of podcasts, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you're, uh, in my case, I'm just a guest, but you get to guest and host and, and juggle that. And although the core theme of the messaging that I'm going to say show to show to show is doesn't change much how I say it or the nuance that's brought out, you know, being on your show is going to be a different discussion than some of the others. And, and that's one of my favorite things is where did those little nuggets and those gems come? And right. the fact that now we have uh, opportunity to record that and use that it's been, it's been wonderful for me just to be able to provide more content to my audience and then yeah. expose my audience to newer and wonderful content too. And that now they can come on and, and hear what Michael has to say and, and be exposed to all of, all of your um, teaching and lessons. So it, it's, it, I think it's this wonderful symbiotic place that we've gotten to with the world if we take advantage of it. Well, and I'm, I'm just assuming, because I haven't read your book yet, but um, with the power to speak naked, you know, is that about being vulnerable or you know, gaining power? Is... Yeah, so there's, there's three layers to the title. The most um, upfront one being that I really honestly want to empower the people who work with me to have such confidence in their ability to take the stage that they could do it wearing the emperor's clothes mm-hmm. and it wouldn't matter. Right. Because their message is what people would focus on, not what we're, they're wearing. Mm-hmm. which then ties into the next part of the, the title, which is um, it shouldn't matter what you're wearing. You shouldn't need a PowerPoint. Uh, you shouldn't need the lighting and the PA. I want okay. you to be able to have just an honest, open conversation. And it's that conversation that matters. It's the content that matters. 
And then, so let's strip it away and just have a naked performance. And then that next layer is what you were discussing. The, the root title is about being exposed and, and speaking our raw naked truth right. and saying the right. things that we're afraid to say, having those honest and tough conversations. And that doesn't have to be in a boardroom. It doesn't have to be in a presentation room. It doesn't have to be in a stage or in a hall or a theater. These are some of the conversations that we're having one-on-one with our partners, our loved ones, our family, our children, our peers within our work, our boss, saying the things that we're afraid to say are usually how we're going to get ahead. That is true leadership. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the conversations that I'm trying to empower people to have. Yeah. And that's, that's so important. I, I don't know how many times I've counseled people who say, you know, I know that we have this problem, for instance, in our company and, but I can't say anything about it because I might lose my job or, you know, then, you know, that person's going to be angry. And, you know, it's, it's, I mean, the world is not going to magically have that go away tomorrow, but the more we figure out how and when to have smaller, honest conversations on the way there, we can have more and more conversations that are honest we just have to start at one point. Don't wait until it's going to explode and then try and let it all out because <clears throat> that can cause a lot of damage. But there are ways to continue to have more truthful, honest conversations so that you can create an environment that allows for more truthful, honest conversations. Yeah. And again, ultimately, that's what everyone of, from the book to the training to uh, just the one-on-one coaching that I do. Ultimately, I'm just trying to facilitate the ability to have the self-confidence because really ultimately that's what it boils down to. I don't feel confident that my message is going to be received or I don't have confidence in the outcome. And so to really have people know that their message matters, their story matters, that it is impactful and that when they covet this information and when they hold on to it, that it isn't serving anybody. And eventually these things will come out anyway. You might as well control the narrative. Yeah. And that's taking the power back, hence the power to speak naked. I love it. I love it. And well, Tyler, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Are you tired of the time and expense of going to the salon for a mani-pedi? If so, Color Street is your answer. Base, color, and top coats are blended together in an incredible polished strip that you apply yourself. The result? A brilliant salon quality manicure in just minutes with no dry time, smudges, or streaks. These strips are 100% real nail polish, not stickers. They're flexible, can be gently stretched for a perfect fit, and last up to 10 days. I've been using them for months now and love the amazing selection of colors and styles, along with the ability to create my own unique manicure by mixing and matching. Shop today and support our sponsor, Betsy Roberts, by ordering at colorstreet.com backslash BH Roberts backslash party backslash 2095611. Again, that's colorstreet.com backslash BH Roberts backslash party backslash 2095611. Or simply click the link in our show notes. And we are back with Tyler Foley and uh, talking about the uh, power of speaking naked. And you know what? If you want to speak buck naked, go ahead. Uh, I'm not going to ask any questions and I'm probably not going to watch it, but 
anybody who's listening, if you feel you need to, you go do it. Just, we don't need to know about that. Tyler doesn't need to have any uh, messages sent with him that way. But now, you know, my, uh, my theme for the month is also artistic August. And I'd love to dive back a little bit into your background in, in film and on, on stage and Broadway. Um, because I think it's so fascinating. One of the things I told you before we started taping is, although we have a business-focused podcast, I know how many people really gained new appreciation for art, music, old films. Oh, my husband and I were watching all kinds of old, old films, uh, especially in the beginning, um, you know, or listening or being more aware or meditating. There's just so many more ways for us to embrace kind of the artistic side of us. So I'm asking everybody this month, what do you, why do you think that art, whatever form is so important for us all as human beings and as professionals in order to shock our own potential? Well, I think art is universal and particularly in the art that I embrace, which is ultimately storytelling, whether that was whether I was on stage speaking as a public speaker or on stage as a performer or in film and television as an actor, I am, I am telling a story. I'm, I'm giving an audience a narrative. And we have had as a human species an oral tradition for thousands of years. And it's how we have learned. It's how we have passed on societal beliefs. It is what ties us and binds us together is this tradition of sharing messaging. And we do that speaking. We do that through visual mediums. You know, you look back at earliest cave drawings and that was a way for people to immortalize the messages that they were speaking mm. and now put context to it and give imagery so that they could help explain what was going on. And so regardless of the art, regardless of the medium, it doesn't matter race, religion, or orientation. You can go to the Louvre and have appreciation for these pieces of, of work and art yeah. and from around the world. You know, and it doesn't, yeah, I, I, I think of my time in Southeast Asia and, and going into see some of the Buddhist temples and, and seeing some of the gilded Buddhas and the terracotta work and, and all of these different things. And, you know, you look at it and culturally, I may not understand the significance of it, but I can see the beauty behind it. And yeah. it makes me want to ask the questions, why is this significant? What about this has made it? And I think art in general binds us together as a human society because we can see, I can see through your art. Yeah how you see the world. Mm -hmm. And that gives me some understanding and some appreciation for where you're coming from and what your, um, your values are, what your belief structures are, why you do the things you do. I can see that through the mediums that you uh, put out. And I think as business leaders, that's where you find the most effective leaders are those who can tell a compelling story Mm -hmm. or who can give effective imagery to their mission. Because that's when you get people to come on board. That's when you can get them aligned in, in your belief structure, in what you want to see accomplished within your organization. And that's how you get people to, to really buy into your messaging is through effective communication, through effective storytelling. Um, and then, you know, that, translates into advertising, which is another visual medium and a true art form that I think is yeah. underappreciated. Yeah. So those all have impact on business. 
I think that's, it's absolutely true. And I love the way, the fact that not only you're talking about CEOs, for instance, being able to tell the compelling story to get people to understand, to buy in, to be a part of a shared value, you know, but to really drive this home about how important it is for us to understand each other. So even from advertising, if you don't understand your customer, you can't create a compelling message for them. Yeah. You got to figure out where they are. That's why really good ad copy is what it is because that speaks universally to your client base Mm. and, and really the good ads, good marketing is just telling a story and selling an ideal. Yeah, I agree. In fact, I, I, I can't think of the name of the two um, uh, gentlemen at, off the top of my head, but they created the art ca- uh, the uh, ad campaign for Got Milk and they mm-hmm. have a masterclass on the masterclass app. And it's just, it's just such a wonderful story to hear because they're like, you know, it kind of came out of nowhere, but then they were like, this is such a great delivery system for telling the story about why it's important to have milk on hand. And, you know, when you really think about how creative that is um, and how you're engaging audiences, it's one of the most, you know, um, uh, effective advertising campaigns of all time but then they never, uh, they never trademarked it. So that's when you got, got this and got that and everything because nobody ever trademarked it the way it looked. And, and then they're like, who cares? Because the, uh, the copying of that, the, uh, um, what, what do you say? It's the best form of flattery. Im- uh, imitation. imitation. imitation yeah, yeah, imitation's the best form of flattery. And uh, you know, just the sense of what we did resonated. It, it got to people where they were. Well, and it, it certainly did because as soon as you said it, I like I think back to the commercial. I even know the face of the guy who did the first one with the peanut butter and the radio call-in. You know, like I, you know, I, those those are uh, iconic. Yes. You know, like you think of the Santa Claus Coca-Cola commercials. Yeah. The, they're iconic. Yeah. Even when they moved over to the polar bears, you know, that imagery, that story that it tells the family, like all of that stuff is things that we interject. You know, especially with that, when they're, you know, humanizing polar bears and now all of a sudden you, you, you have this familial understanding of what's going on and they, you know, that, that's such good. I mean, Coke does a good job. The got milk campaign was fantastic. You know, you look at those really good ad campaigns, they tell a story in there and they speak universally by being very, very specific. That's the other thing. Like that, that, that got milk campaign, peanut butter stuck on my mouth and I can't talk. And all I need to do is rinse my, like that is such a specific thing, but we all understood it. Well, and I think that Lin-Manuel Miranda, I think that he was watching that commercial and he's like, why does nobody know that, that Aaron Burr shot Alexander Hamilton? <laughs> so then we have a musical. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Art begets art. It does. Tyler, I love it. I know we're going to have all your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to find you? Well, uh, before they do that, and I'm happy to share that information, but I want them to hit pause on the record because Michael, you are doing an incredible job of just having a great conversation. And if people are being served by what you're doing and are finding that their potential has been shocked and increased, by listening to what you put out, especially five episodes a week, that is not an easy feat. I want them to hit pause on this recording right now and give you a five-star review. And if they have done that on whatever device or platform they're listening to this on, then I will tell them if they want more information from me, 
they can go to seantylerfoley.com. That's Sean spelled the proper Irish way, S-E-A-N-T-Y-L-E-R-F-O-L-E-Y.com. And they can get all the information. They can connect with me there in any way, but they can only go if they've given you a five-star review. And if they have done that, then feel free to click on the method, which is an 11-page document that is free to them. Uh, it's my gift to any of your listeners who go over there. It's five insider secrets on how to be a more confident public speaker. Oh, excellent. Well, thank you for the shout out too. I love that. Woo! <laughs> well, before we go, Tyler, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Yes. And that is to embrace your story. Your story matters. And uh, a lot of times everybody talks about being an authentic speaker. And I would say that authenticity is synonymous with self-awareness. That if you don't know who you are as a person, as a leader, as an executive, as somebody who is, um, has a mission, uh, then you need to figure that out. Because I promise you, you have a story. And the thing you're afraid to say is probably what your audience needs to hear. So you need to dig deep, figure that out. And that will make you a more effective, more capable, more sympathetic leader to the people who are following you. I love it. Absolutely true. And we all know that on my podcast, we talk about authenticity all the time, because if you don't have it, what are you doing with yourself anyway? (laughs) The world doesn't need any more uh, fakers. So I agree. Tyler, it has been an absolute pleasure having you as a guest today. We will have links to your book, to your website, everything in our show notes, but thank you so much for stopping by. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.